Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 10, 12 a.m. on Tuesday, the 2nd of uh, February. You almost got through it right for the first time. <laughs> it, it, it says January on the dock, and that's why I stuffed it up. Um, on today's show, we will be discussing two teams predominantly the Miami heat and the Dallas Mavericks, because they're both finding themselves in, in the mud a bit, uh, in a bit of a bit of a hole that they're going to dig themselves out of. And we'll also discuss our all-star starter picks that have recently be recently been released. And, uh, so we'll do a bit of that and, I don't know. We might mention a bit of Brad Beal, a bit of this, a bit of that. Should be a great show. Uh, <laughs> digging all these teams out of the dirt. It's time for tip off. When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board. You can enter a player on either team. Decker's going to the penalty. Oh, falls down. players are telling him not to be doing that. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm joined by a guy who forgot his microphone and he's at his girlfriend's place using, what are those? There's a old... There's some, some trusty Apple headphones. Yeah, some, some wired... Not AirPods. With the headphone jack. They're not the ones that go into the bottom of the phone. You've got to have the round one. Oh, geez. There you go. Yeah. Really throwing it's a it back. So other than the poor audio quality, how are you, JL? I'm excellent. Everything is going well. Um, just after uh, Marcus Smart went down the other day and I thought, shit, he's done his Achilles here. I didn't even care about the result of the Lakers game. Um, for getting the news that Marcus Smart had a just a sprain of the calf, is what they've called it, I think. That's mm. as uh, I'm relieved and I'm still hopeful for the Celtics. So that literally made my week. Well, if we're going to just mention the teams we go for, I won't mention the team I go for because I'll go on and on about how in love I am with them at the moment. So we'll skip past that for today because I've had many people after last week's rant about MVP'd uh, calling me biased. Uh, so just a slight bit. So we'll just skip past that. But shout out to Nikola Jokic. Was it yesterday? 47 points, four or four from three, um, snapping the Utah Jazz's win streak. Yeah. That was a very great performance from the Joker. He's my, like I said last pod, he's my MVP candidate. Um, where are they now? They're fourth in the West, two and a half games back from third. And that's what your beer's argument against him winning the MVP was. But so far this season, and I know we weren't planning on talking about him, but I've got it here anyway. He's second in the league in points, third in assists, fourth in rebounds, tied second in steals, only sixth in minutes played, uh, first in PER, win shares, BPM, and VORP. So he is on fire this season. Mm. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from the place that doesn't like anything carbonated anyway. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so since we last spoke, um, unfortunately and tragically, we lost the lives of two basketball world legends. I believe you read many articles of uh, Seku Smith. Yeah. Um, this is like when I first started getting into the NBA, I remember like I'd be sitting in class in like the year 10 um, science buildings with 
whoever was teaching biology or some of that. And every website was blocked, but you'd better get on NBA.com and you'd always have their MVP letter. And that's what Seiku always wrote about every week. And that's how I'd sort of keep up to date. Um, so he was, um, I guess, part of the reason why I knew so many players back in the day. Um, so sad news that he obviously passed with uh, complications through the coronavirus. So yeah, very bit of a shame there. And also 89-year-old uh, John Chaney, who is also a Hall of Fame coach, very legendary coach for Temple University and more. Uh, he also passed away. So rest in peace to both of those gentlemen. But let's get into what we're here to talk about today. The Miami Heat find themselves 7-12, and 12, unless I'm totally wrong. They find themselves seven and twelve this se- seven and twelve this season. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what's happened to you this morning? Thirteenth. I I said to JL, I woke up this morning, um, which was not too long ago, like dizzy. So mm-hmm. if I go spinning here in the podcast, it's because I'm a bit dizzy this morning. It's, it's bit- all right. You'll pass out, and I'll just keep the show running. <laughs> um. So the Heat are seven and twelve. We're going to just not uh, disregard that the Heat and then the Mavs, we're going to talk about them both, have both been really badly hit by COVID, especially the Heat. The Heat may be the worst in the whole league hit by COVID. Uh, Let's go through it. So they've played 19 games. Duncan Robinson is the only player on their 16-man list that I'm looking at that has played 19 games. Tyler Hero's played 12. Bam Adebayo's played 17. Jimmy's played seven. Uh, Goran Dragic has played 14. The Clinic has played 18. Kendrick Nunn has played 13. Bradley, eight. Iguodala, 17. And then all these fill-ins, you know, Gabe Vincent, uh, Precious Achua, Who's had to step up? Sorry, he's played 19 as he's well. He's played 19. Yeah, I was going to say, but I thought, you know what? He's, he's uh, a rookie. I'll, I'll let that one sit. <laughs> I didn't see it. Uh, but the gist is, like, Jimmy Butler just came back from having COVID, I believe, and and he's lost a ton of weight. You can see, I think, something like tw- 10 or 12 pounds Jimmy Butler's lost from having COVID. They've had it badly. And it's not just having COVID. It's about also... Um, being hit at the wrong time by COVID safety protocols. Yeah. Uh, And so they've just had a whole bunch of guys missing a whole bunch of games. Um, And yeah, you can say, okay, they'll pick it up from here, but it doesn't help your season, especially in a shortened season. When you get off to this type of start, you need to refine your rhythm. Um. Other teams are, you know, flying and stuff like this. Tell me your thoughts about the overall, where are the heat at right now? Well, it's a tricky one because, look, they're going to, they're going to make the playoffs. I think that's a given. They're only 1.5 games behind eight um, with, what is it, 50, 53 games to go if they do manage to play all all 72 games. So they'll manage that easily. It's about what seed they'll finish. And we've got for the probably like last year, the East was probably the strongest it's been in a long time in terms of overall competitiveness. Um, this year, probably even stronger with Brooklyn taking that extra jump as well. Indiana haven't really changed all that much. Um, so, for Miami to get in there, which I think is inevitable, they might only get to, you know, the fifth or sixth seed, which they they did that last year anyway, and they were fine in that position and they still got through to the finals. But if they're finishing six and they've got to play at the moment the Bucks in the first round, and I know they topped off the Bucks in the playoffs, it's just going to be some. It's, it's just going to be a hard road for them to get back to where they were last year. And at yep. this stage, I can't see them making the finals if they're a low seed. Yep. So let's just go through it a bit more. Oh, I nearly got out of the whole document there. Um, you, I mean, again, you can just put this all down to COVID, but, you know, I've looked into a bit of, you know, heat talk back and heat podcasts and also watching a couple games myself. And 
you can just see without Jimmy Butler, they have no identity. Like sort mm. of in those middle years between LeBron's departure and um, I guess Jimmy's arrival, there was a bit of Dwayne Wade leadership for a bit there, but they, even Dwayne Wade bailed him and then went to, you know, Cleveland and Chicago. Yeah. As they've always been a solid team and there's a heat culture. They're all very fit and they all do crazy um, military regimes or whatever. But without Jimmy in the lineup, they just haven't even been motivated. And they've actually, the players that have been out there, even your heroes and your Duncan Robinsons and and these even Dragic and stuff like that, they're just not as fired up as as um, Jimmy Butler and like, for example, Myers Leonard on the sideline who hasn't been there either. They also have been uh, turning over the ball a bit more than they should be. Let me get some stats to back that up. (laughs) You can beat me to that. (laughs) (laughs) I've got nothing, mate. Where's their, anyway, do they have, Turnovers. No, I need team team. Oh, here we go. They're they're, they're ranked 29th in the year or 29th in the league out of 30 teams for turnovers. Yeah. There you go. That's see, I knew it. Um, Well, I guess that's why that's the thing with losing Butler though, is that I remember during last year's playoffs for the first three rounds, we were like, he hasn't even been their best player. Bam was the best player against the Celtics. Yeah. Dragic was the best earlier on. But Butler's that Swiss Army knife of he can run the point, he can play the four, he can get to the free throw line, he'll hit those mid-range jumpers, and he'll also just get everyone else open. And, yeah, I think it's no surprise that Hero... I mean, Hero's stats are up from last year, but obviously he's a second-year player. You sort of expected that growth. But after the finals, we expected... I thought he going to take a bigger jump than he has. Yep. Duncan Robinson's pretty much identical to last year. And... Dragic hasn't really – he was the one that I thought will step up here because he showed in the playoffs last year he's still got it and he can just – you know, he, he can go to work by himself and doesn't really need anything else to be working. So it's no surprise there that without Jimmy that it's all struggling. But you've got to give Bam credit where it's due because he's the only one so far that's really been like, all right, this is my time to shine. Yeah. Uh, he's going to – 20 points, 10 rebounds, pretty much a game with five and a half assists, which for a big man, you'll, you'll take that any day. Um, so I think, but you're right. Once Jimmy's back in this lineup, which he was and dropped 30, his first game back, I think they'll find their identity as well. But it also just allows that the heroes and the Robinsons to get their shots and have way more open looks. Overall, uh, hero has, only just slightly sort of stayed in the same direction of the upward trend. Um, he has dropped his uh, three-point percentage from 38 to, to 30, but I think all in good time as the team gets back together, you know, mm. he'll get he'll get more open looks. But he's credit, been ch- he's, he's been forced to chuck a bit. Yeah, credit where it's due. As you said about Bam, he's obviously averaging career high in points, 20. Um, Also, he's improved his uh, free throw percentage from, well, the highest ever it was, was 73. And it's currently 86% from the free throw line, which is big for a, which is huge for a big man. Um, And also, I did want to comment on Bam in incorporating he some jumpers this year. He's really oh, his mid-range jump shot. Yeah, he's leading off memory. I saw this stat maybe we hear so it might have changed, but he's leading the league in mid-range percentage. Yeah, so I looked at this before. His uh, percentage of shots this season that are coming from uh, ten to sixteen feet and sixteen to the three-point line, twenty-five uh, percent of his shots and sixteen uh, percent for the longer distance, which is way higher than he's ever taken for both. And then the percentage that he's shooting from uh, 10 to 16 is 52% and then 44% from 16 to three point line. He's stepping out, taking some mid range jumpers. Bam at a bio is, you know, that's good. You want people, you want players to be adding tools and weapons to their yeah. game. And if he can step out there, just like I think Montrez Harrell is, 
trying to learn more and more, but not as good as BAM so far. Um, any any more tools that you can add to your game are very important to making it harder for you to be guarded and defended. And that's the other thing as well. It's been a, it's a bit off topic, but this whole analytics movement, how it's, you know, threes and layups. Mm. And I get the, I've looked at the maths and I understand it completely, but the mid-range jump shot is the least defended shot there is. Yeah. And that's why guys like Durant and Curry who have lethal mid-range jump shots, uh, Kawhi Leonard, even someone like DeMar DeRozan, if you can shoot that at a high clip, which those guys are able to do, that shot is there all day because teams are so afraid to give you a layup or a three. That's right. And Bam adding that. I remember watching their game against the Nets last week and he dribbled the ball up the court himself. He was playing point center and DeAndre Jordan was standing like two meters from the basket and Bam just dribbled up and just settled for like a 15 foot jump shot and nailed it. And then he did it the next possession in a row. And it's, that shot will always be there for him. And yeah, the anal- if he's not, he was not making it. The analysts will say, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be taking that." Yeah. Provided it's going in at like, what's it? What's it? What do you say? He's shooting at the moment. What percentage from from long twos? Um, I just got out of it. <laughs> but whatever it is, he's a fifty-seven or fifty-two percent. Yeah. Like that is so efficient, and that is a great shot to be taking. So as long as he's doing that, keep shooting and bam. Yeah. So overall, Bam's tried to stand up and there's not much else. It hasn't been nice that Kendrick Nunn hasn't been that superstar rookie that hit us with the whole of the regular last season. Um, and there's been other sort of shortcomings, but overall COVID's hit them badly and they will work it out. And they're one of the seven best automatically best teams in the East. They'll make in the, in the into the top seven of the Eastern conference and they'll make the playoffs. But before we finish up on the heat, I have one question for you, JL. Yeah. And this question is starting to get more and more tossed around. Was last season's finals run a fluke by the Miami heat? (laughs) Oh, they beat the Celtics. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, they were the best team of all time. That's why they beat the Celtics. <laughs> now, nah, look, I don't think it was a fluke per se, but I think I don't think they were the best team in the East last year. And I don't think so many people have used the bubble argument, being like, "Oh, you know, they they got lucky. They were in the bubble." But it's like every team was struggling in that. Mm. I just think they're as a team, they were such a cohesive unit. And they made that situation work for them. Um, and I think their game planning was incredible, more so than any other team in the East. They really worked out how they wanted to play and how to, how to defend during the playoffs, and it worked. I don't think it was a fluke. And I think if... But I don't think if they were healthy this year, they'd be coming out of the East, though. And I said that in one of their early podcasts. I think teams now know how to... Or if... Whoever will be playing Miami in the playoffs will be better prepared this time because I'd watch what they did last year. Yep. But I don't know. It's just a... No, it's not a fluke, but I can't see them doing it again this year, if it's, that makes sense. It wasn't a That fl- sort of sounds like I'm describing a fluke. Yeah, it wasn't a fluke. Um, but the... What's the word? You know, everything opened up for them. Mm. They were playing in a conference playoffs where really KD and Kyrie weren't playing for the Nets. Yeah. In my opinion, the Bucks have always been pretenders and Giannis and Middleton as a as a duo to try and take teams down in the playoffs is not worthy. We'll see how they go this year with Holiday. And to bring the Sixers and the Raptors and well, Sixers first. Um, we were just totally shit and incompetent. So we weren't even there after the first round against you guys. And then it was sort of like a bit of a equal playing ground between where the Raptors were at, the Celtics were at, the Heat were at. And I would personally actually say that I would choose because 
I would say that the playoffs come down to star power and I would choose Jimmy and Bam over all the star power that the Celtics and the Raptors had last season. We'll see mm-hmm. if Jimmy, Jimmy, you know, we sort of preview it every, se- every season. We'll see if Jimmy starts to decline with age and really destroying his body every playoffs. But the Raptors, as I predicted at the start of this season, were always going to slide because they were just constantly holding on with good coaching, good cohesiveness, just like the heat, I guess. Um, But they were just holding on to their Eastern conference dominance by a thread. And they were there in that fight, but really it was always sort of going to come down to the Celtics and the heat. And I think Jimmy's just Jimmy's power. And then I guess Bam's growth might've, might've been the difference in Uh, that. I think, the oh, someone's here for the post. That's all right. Um, I think the other the other difference was um, the Celtics as well. The way they've constructed their team, and one of the biggest things this year was winning big men. And I mean, obviously, it's not luck that the, the Heat constructed their team the way they did. Um, but yeah, they found a huge flaw in the Celtics game plan with no centers, and that's why Bam was able to dominate. I think overall the Celtics led like for the, I think it was like 70 something percent of the minutes played the Celtics led the series. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that's where, like you said, Butler's leadership was huge. The Celtics were such a young team. I think they were the fifth youngest team in the league last season around minutes. Um, so yeah, obviously the younger you are, but the more minutes you play, it waits like that. And I think that was such a big difference. So may, maybe, you know, the way Milwaukee's changed this year, Boston's had a year of improvement. Um, Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie. I think those teams now are better than Miami. I was waiting for you to include the Sixers and that, but I knew you wouldn't. Well, um, I mean, no, I just mean like the Sixers haven't changed, but I mean, Embiid's gone. <laughs> that goes without saying. Like, Embiid's there because he wasn't there last playoffs is what I was thinking, you know? No, like, he was. Simmons wasn't there. Oh, that's sorry. I'm getting confused. Um, but... You know what I mean? Like there's actual teams now that I think are better than Miami were last year. Yeah, definitely. The Nets definitely. and I, I, the Nets and I would say, I mean, we'll see how the Sixers hold up against Miami's zone when Miami have a full team. Um, but the Nets and the Sixers working it out and maybe Drew Holiday being added is definitely going to be some of the bigger forces in the East. So we'll have Plus- to... And I've got here as well, like Miami's offense. And I know this is Jimmy's. Jimmy's not there right now, but they're just not moving the ball well at all. And you've probably noticed it watching their games. But like last year, their offense rated seventh out of the thirty teams in the NBA, and this year they're at twenty sixth. Yeah. Um. And I don't think Jimmy's going to boost it that much. So. Mm. And who it, knows? We'll see. We'll see regular season because if he does do stuff, it's when it matters. And does it matter? You know, can he like invest his playoff mentality into regular season comebacks? Do they need that? Do they not? It's going to all shake out. I'm sure they'll make the playoffs. I was going to ask this after we do the Mavs talk because just an overall, but I think it's more relevant because the heat of the been the most hit by the um, coronavirus. Last season, we went to the Disney World and the championship was won there. And a lot of LeBron haters will call it the Mickey Mouse championship. And <laughs> Le Mickey, have yeah, you said? It was, the, it was going to be the hardest championship to win ever until the Lakers won it. And then it was like, nah, it was too easy. It doesn't count. <laughs> but anyway, there was... There was a thing called an asterisk that was always being thrown around. I can't help but think, I know that there's a playing tournament again this season. So even if the heat fall to what is it? 10th, they can fall to yeah, and still have a go, which is just rubbish. But even, um, even taking that into consideration, does this season, if the Heat and the Mavs and whoever else is going to really cop it soon from coronavirus, you know, get tripped over themselves because of these protocols, will we maybe look at this season and think this was actually a bit of an asterisk season? 
you I th- mean, do you think that who that- knows what will happen towards the playoffs? But so far, if it keeps trending the way it is, this season will be more of an asterisk than last season because, and that's only if it trends the way it is, because at the moment there's still going to be players missing and missing time if there's no bubble. Mm. As long as they're willing to put players in the bubble again for the playoffs, if the players sign up for that, then no, it'll be the same. But this current state where there's players missing every single game, then yeah, it'd be like, imagine if the Lakers got to the finals and LeBron and AD get COVID. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what's the point of even playing those finals? Give it to whoever's coming out of the East. Um, so yeah, it just, uh, if there's no bubble, this has the potential to, without a doubt, be the biggest asterisk of all time. And, that's, and it's, it's pretty simple also, like because they're, they're not planning to do a bubble as of right now, mm seeding matters for home court advantage in the playoffs. Yeah. So for example, the jazz and the Clippers and the Lakers, I know the Clippers sort of copped it for like two days only or two games, Yeah. How um, but overall those three best teams in the league haven't copped COVID at all. And if they all end up with obviously being the top three, it doesn't matter about the East too much apart from the finals, but if they end up as the top three in the West and some magical world says that the stats say that they just automatically play better at their own stadiums, or somehow there's a bit of crowds led into the Staples center. There's already crowds in the jazz stadium. Mm. Um, That's a big, you know, for example, the heat have been, have copped it so much because of COVID and these three teams at the top of the West have basically not copped anything. The Lakers haven't been touched by it. And I wonder how much of that is like, is that credit to the organization and they must be holding their players accountable and making sure they're following the guidelines or is it just luck? I reckon it would just be luck. Surely. Surely it is. Who knows? Speaking of um, just in terms of records at home, I just saw a good stat before and I just want any chance to bring this up with you because I know you don't like playing Boston in Boston, but over the past two seasons, the Sixers have gone 39 and three at Wells Fargo center. So that's 92 <laughs> or 0.929 percentage and 1937 or 0.339 at all other venues. So let's bring the Sixers into the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll I, I tell you what, like if, if we, we do have one of the best sort of, as you said, home performances. And if we, if there's somehow crowds and we've got like a top seed again, I don't want to sound, you know, too much of a Homer as Americans call it, but look out if we get a top seed in this crowds. Anyway, let's move on. The Western conference sort of equivalent, the Dallas Mavericks who are three games behind eighth with 52 games to go. Let me just get the Mavericks record. What are they? The Mavericks. Dallas are currently eight and twelve for point four hundred. All right, eight and twelve. So they're four games behind five hundred. What a difference it makes being in the West. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're eight and twelve. They're also struggling, but theirs is a bit more prominent of on-court problems because. You know, they did so well. If some people argue that if KP didn't get suspended and then injured in the Clippers series, they may have even knocked out the Clippers in last season's playoffs. Um, we both picked them to be within the top four to six in the in the West, uh, fighting for, you know, around that spot. Mm. And they've come into this season and things aren't going too great. Even with KP, who's been back. Who's, he's played nine games. He's played nine games and he's averaging 30 minutes a game, I believe. Where am I? Where am I? He's th- averaging 30 minutes a game on his nine games. So he's been back enough. His average minutes for his career is 31.1. They're, uh, they're, last year, their offensive rating, which was off the charts, like at one stage, it was the best offensive rating ever um, was first out of 30 teams. And this season, they're 19th out of 30. I know that Maxi Kleber had 
coronavirus and they've had a bunch of other players that have had to sit out because of the protocols. And Maxi Kleber's shooting something like 47% from three. But overall, they're taking something like five less threes per game. Luca's percentage is down again from three. He didn't have a great percentage, but his career high is 31. It's currently sitting at 29. Um, oh, sorry. His career high is, sorry, is tw- 30, 33, I think is right here. 33. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dallas, talk to me about Dallas. So you said like instantly, like it's a bit different. It's just the offense is not clicking or on the court. I think is what you said, but I would put, <clears throat> so I'd put this to coronavirus as well. Definitely. Like if you saw it by minutes played, you've got Luca at the top Hard, Tim Hardaway there. Who's, you know, he's been good for the last year for them. Third is Trey Burke. Fourth is James Johnson. Fifth is Jalen Brunson. Sixth is Willie Cauley-Stein. And then at seventh, someone's only played 11 games, uh, Josh Richardson. Dorian Finney-Smith, who's been great for them starting the last few years, he's only played 11 games. No wonder they're struggling. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Trey Burke, James Johnson, Jalen... Sorry, James Johnson, Jalen Brunson, and Willie Cauley-Stein are in your top six minutes. You are not going to be winning games. And that's literally all it comes down to, I think. They've got no one that can really create for themselves other than Doncic and Trey Burke, surprisingly, but he shoots at such a low clip anyway that doesn't really matter and he can't defend anything. I just think like it's, it's a no-brainer why they're struggling. They just don't have any bodies at the moment. But even apart from COVID, so getting rid of Seth Curry, bringing in Josh Richardson, who hasn't played that much, but has also uh, been not shooting that well and stuff like that. So they had that crazy offense last season. Mm. And currently, I didn't end up finding that Luca quote, but Luca said Luca is not happy right now. The other day after a game, he said um, they're terrible. He's never felt this way. He believes they're going to get back into it. The quote went something like that. Um, but Luca is not obviously feeling good about how things are flowing and rightfully so they're on a bit of a losing streak at the moment. They're struggling big time. They're loo- They've lost five in a row, the Mavs. Um, and you mentioned Pazingas as well. And uh, yeah. yeah, he's playing high minutes, but he's not, he just looks a shell of himself at the moment. Yeah. He's, um, he's uh mentality. So he's coming from the back from the injury, but So again, and it's all relative COVID coming back from the injury, but he's shooting a career low 28% from three. Mm. He's always shooting in the thirties. His career high was 39%. He's shooting 28%. If he can't, he's not that great of a defender as a big man at all. And he's not that great in the post either as a big man. So if he, he can't get that amazing pick and pop game that he does with Luca, what they've sort of, you know, planted in as their foundations, these two guys might not work. And I'm seeing on social media some, you know, trade proposals for Porzingis because, and some people are even saying that the Knicks trade, Knicks are even looking good from the trade. <laughs> some people on no, the internet are saying that. I think, I think Porzingis will be fine. I just think he's still hesitant to, you know, put up any, he's shooting the second most amount of, well, percent of his shots from three at the moment. So 38% of his sh- shots are coming from three um, there. And then naturally the, the second most amount of twos for his career for a season, a uh, second, second least. Sorry. So like he's doesn't want to be inside at the moment. And I think with any knee injury that that's the natural reaction is people don't want to be, you know, busty and bruising down low. He's happy sitting on the three-point line. Um, and I think just with more more games under his belt, that'll come back. Um, he'll find his form again because I know he's a very much an arm shooter, but you still got to have your knees under you. Um, and I think more reps and that'll be fine. And he's such a big key to their offense. Yep. And once that gets going, Luca has more space to work. He'll be able to find the, the other shooters. Like Dorian Finney-Smith has only played 11 games. He's such a good shooter. Hardaway Jr. has seen, you know, time and time again, valuable from those corners. So I think it's there and I'm not, I wouldn't be worried if I was a Dallas fan, but 
yeah, there's just a few things that will come, I think, and that's just with time. Luka Doncic is in the top 10 in the NBA for points in the paint this season. He's uh, He's been really like asserting his physicality this season. I, mm. I think he's in like a bit of a, I don't know, he's a bit angry, Luka, this season. Um, <laughs> but he, for all the driving and kicking he does, they are 28th in the league out of 30 teams in catch and shoot three-point percentage. When shooting wide open three-pointers, which is no one within six feet of you, they are only shooting 34.5%, which is 29th in the league. Yeah. So for all Luca's hard work, even though their offensive rating goes up by 10 points per 100 possessions, I sound like such a stat guy. <laughs> um, it's about time. Uh, even though their offensive rating goes up by a decent amount when he's on the court, they are not shooting good wide open threes. And so hopefully, as you say, KP shooting well can, if he does start doing that again, can unlock it and the whole team can get going. But I really am not, I don't trust Trey Burke. And I think that losing Seth Curry as a backup behind Luca um, might be a bit more, it might be a bit underrated of a, mm. a missing piece than some may think. But the other thing is, like, we get so obsessed with young players winning early, which is so, I, I always find it so funny. And I do the same thing. It's like, Luke's in his third season. Yeah. Like, he's fine. Give him, he's, you know what, he's stuck in Dallas for at least seven. And I say stuck in, like, it's a bad situation to be in. He's fine. But, like, they've only had, they've had his rookie year, which no one really knew how good he'd be. And then last year they made the Pazingas trade and it's all right, we'll try and we've, now we've got to put pieces around Luca. And they only really had one, two off seasons to do that. Yeah. And it's like give it two or three more when Luca's an even better player. And that's where they're going to be competing. Yeah. So right now it's like, yeah, it's great to make the playoffs and last year was a first round exit. Ideally this year they'll probably like, all right, the best case scenario is probably a second round exit which ultimately doesn't achieve all that much except for playoff experience and maybe draws more free agents towards you because they're like, all right, this team is competing. But I think there's just such a, I don't know. It's just, there's no rush on it. I don't think at this stage. Yeah. So the question, the big overall question I have to ask both of us now about the Mavs, not the Asterix, not the, um, what was the other one I asked? Was it a fluke? The fluke. <laughs> the West is much harder as we yeah. saw that the Mavs are eight and 12 and they're four games back from, oh, sorry, three games back from eighth. Um, whereas the heat was seven and 12 and only one and a half games back from eighth. Was it eighth? You said they were one and a yeah. half games back. Yeah. So the yeah. West is much harder. Looking at those standings right now in the Western Conference and the Mavs are three games back, still going to find some rhythm. Are the Mavericks actually making the playoffs in the Western Conference? I was worried you are going to ask me this because this is what I was thinking about last night when I was <laughs> you know, doing my research. It's a bit scary. Um, look, you look at the standings at the moment and, I mean, it's so tight. So I'm going to go from fifth because all these teams are on an equal games behind first. So the Grizzlies are four and a half games from first. The Suns are four and a half. The Trailblazers are four and a half. The Warriors are eight to four and a half. And the Spurs at nine to four and a half. So they're all just based on tie breaks. So we say that right now the Mavs are three games behind eights, but they're three games behind fourth, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be an absolute bloodbath. But if you go behind the Spurs, you've got the Rockets in 10th, the Thunder in 11th, and the, the Kings in 12th. I would say the Mavs are better than those three teams. Except the Rockets are weird. I mean, I don't really know what's happening. Yeah. They're playing really well at the moment. But I would say with quite, with you know, clear confidence that the Mavs are better than those three teams. Then it puts them 10th behind San Antonio at the moment. So they've got ground to catch up, but you could so easily see teams falling down and teams going up. I think they'll make it. And that's just basing it off my 
preseason prediction that they're better than they should be better than Memphis, who are fifth at the moment. They'll yep. be better than the Spurs, Rockets, and OKC and the Kings, who are ninth to twelfth. But are they better than the Blazers? Are they better than the Warriors? Well, I don't know. So it's like at most maybe they're sneaking into eighth. Yep. And a bit of the unknown there that's a bit interesting is while every team there is played at least 18 games or 19, 20 at the top, mm. the Grizzlies are sitting at fifth and they've only played 14, 14 games. Yeah. The, you know, it's so weird. Like, do the Grizzlies like somehow, do they miss a lot of easy games? Like, you know, easy scheduled games and then they come out and win all those games in hand or do they lose all those games in hand? The West is just so tough. Like if you're not the, the Timberwolves or the Kings, <laughs> you're a decent team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel as though the Mavs as currently as they're currently, uh, I would project them. They're going to have a similar battle as the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Warriors, um, and maybe the Blazers. So, and maybe the Grizzlies. It's just so even in the West. Anyway, I've got nothing against Luca. Um, as you said, third season, I just scared about what's around him at the moment. And I don't know, you know, to quote Ferris Bueller, life moves pretty fast. So we'll see. Well, I'm looking at the, um, just quickly based on, you said Memphis so far playing what teams? Memphis have so far had the number one hardest schedule in the league. Wow. And Philadelphia, the 29th, just throwing that out there. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I am aware of that. I will admit, but we did beat the Lakers. So Memphis are beating good teams. Um, they've had the hardest schedule. So All without- who knows what they're... Or without JJJ. Yeah, plus Jar missed some time. And I yeah. think they were lucky that they missed these games while Jar was out because they're it's like if COVID hits your team, you want it to hit them hard, so you have to forfeit it. You don't want to be missing your best player. That's right. We had like, to play you had to do for was two games, three games like that. It was pretty much three games. Yeah. Bastards. So this season's just so so bizarre. Embiid's losses weren't real losses. Embiid has basically not lost this season. Anyway, let's go. A bit of fun to wrap up the NBA. Uh, and also, let's before we tell our starters, have you seen the rumors that the NBA is actually thinking and sort of putting together maybe actually playing the All-Star game? How stupid is that? Last year, we got the best All-Star game that has ever been because the they had the schools or the charities in the crowd. Mm. And that right there is you know, statement in itself, period, just put full stop right at the end because it was so good because every time Giannis, team Giannis is losing, team LeBron's crowd was going crazy and team, yeah. Giannis didn't like that and vice versa. And we got all the players going crazy. What is the all-star weekend without crowds being at the venue, even for TV viewers? How how much <laughs> so boring? <laughs> That's right. The game sucks anyway. It was good last year. They did the um first to twenty four. Yeah, that was fun. And they would. Repeat and I thought, again. I thought an all star game twenty four points is going to be like three minutes, but it actually they defended so well and teams yeah. were cold, so it worked well. <laughs> but I'm more worried about <laughs> this. You why would you put the best what thirty players in the league? in the same venue because mm. if someone gets COVID there, That's right. that ruins the league for the next month or so. Like they'd really have to do like a full on, you know, test and bubble approach for like yeah. a couple of days. But I just, I <laughs> imagine just, if that was what ruined the league. He's like, Hey, we'll have an all-star game. It'll be a super spreader and all your all-stars are going to miss the next two weeks. <laughs> um, so that feels like state of origin. If you follow a bit of NRL, um, but, At least someone like Lillard who gets snubbed every year. <laughs> He'll average like 40 for the next month. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just as simple as when you think about, I know money is a bigger thing than my opinion, but <laughs> like, so obviously if they, th if they know they're just going to make some money off it, they're going to go for it. But as an enjoyment factor, it's just automatic in my mind. 
it's simple in the dunk contest. What happens when someone does a big dunk? They just put their camera on <laughs> everyone reacting like crazy. Dwayne Wade gives them an eight. You know, <laughs> the all-star weekend is nothing without people at the venue, nothing without yeah. all the reactions and the loud crowd noise. I can't think of anything more stupid. Give the players the week off that they deserve. And I thought that that week was going to be dedicated to catch-up games anyway. So I'm obviously wrong. Who knows? Anyway, that's just a bit of a rumor. They're really... I saw uh, it was reported today they're even thinking... They're sort of planning to maybe have a dunk contest. And so that would make it like, is the All-Star game actually just happening? Anyway... Maybe it will happen, but it's going to be boring as hell. Yeah. All-star starters. You have been able to go on the NBA official websites and chuck in your all-star starters. JL, when I messaged you this week and I said, give, <laughs> give me yours, you hit me with these stupid ones and I'll give you exactly 60 seconds to list, <laughs> to list out your stupid ones and then you can plead to the audience about what, what was your <laughs> what was your reaction when i sent them you're like fuck off what are your real ones or something like that? i'm like yeah i'm like no nah, fuck off serious come on <laughs> so i mean i don't care at all for the all-star game um so my my selections every year is like who do i want to see get in there because my one vote out of you know 1.2 million for the use of the leader yeah matters so much um so for the West, I had LeBron, Jokic, Zion, <laughs> Luca, and Ja Morant. And I was like, you know what? You've probably got three guys that deserve to be there. Zion, who's fun, and Ja, who I just fucking love. Did you see his layup the other day where he pump faked a layup? I did, yeah. Split two defenders and put around the other side. Oh, I just love him. Um, and in the East, I had, obviously, I've got Tatum and Brown because obvious reasons automatic um, and it's a bonus KD and Colin Sexton um, and especially after the week Colin Sexton's had destroying the nets you had to put him in and then Sabonis I just, I just love big men that pass so that was a no-brainer for me all right well now on to the real ones is your real so ones I, even here yeah I can't even see under them. under the uh, Cosnafe is mad tab <laughs> Oh yeah, my ones aren't here. Oh right, right, right. All right, but Good I'll one. go. I'll go next. So you just, I guess, this is who you think should be all star, and probably I was just going with this, should. This, or this is my. Yeah, these are like the these have been the best players in my mind. All so right. Far. So for the West in the front court, I had um, Jokic, LeBron. Why have you got three guards? Can you change I'm, it? I'm putting I'm putting Doncic to the front court, which I don't know if you'd be able to vote like that. But ah, he, no, no, he's no. kind of a forward. He's Dude, a forward. Now I got to remember who I had. What? Hold on, two seconds. I find it weird that I find it weird that Doncic is a guard, but LeBron is a forward. But they do the exact same job. Yeah, that's right. All right, so um, in the front court, I had. Uh, now this is interesting. I had LeBron, Jokic, of course, and you got to pick between Kawhi and PG. I've actually... So I went Doncic because I didn't want to choose any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually preferred PG this season. Yeah. But if I Definitely. had... I know I would just put Kawhi in, so I have to put Kawhi. He, they've been nearly as equally as good as each other, but it's been good personally to see PJ have a bit of a redemption season. He's getting way more touches than he did last season with the Clippers. And that is the key. He needs to find rhythm. Kawhi can play off ball, but overall you got to, you just probably got to put Kawhi there. So LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi in the West front court. And I had Curry and Luka Doncic, of course. And for the West, for the, sorry, for the East, I had, Joel Embiid, the MVP, uh, Kevin Durant in the front court, and Giannis in the front court, just because it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I also had, and I think there's a, this one's different to you. I had Bradley Beal instead of Kyrie Irving, who's averaging 35 points per yeah. game. And you're going to love this one. I had Jalen Brown. 
Yeah, you did. Jaylen, yeah, you did. Jalen Brown's got to be the starter, man. Unfortunately, COVID and shit for Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown has been the second, well, the guard talking, the second best guy behind Bradley Beal. Or, He's been elite. Maybe, He's yeah. just... I I can't even express how good he's been this season. Like I, he's my favorite player, and just like my heart throbs for him. And just watching him shoot forty four percent from a three and like eighty five percent from mid range, oh, just Jalen, please marry me. Why Kyrie Irving over Bradley Beal? Just what? Well, you do you want me to run through my my actual starters first? Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My, my Nathan starters. So pretty much you've probably worked it out. Um, Jokic. And James and Doncic in the front court, which I don't know if you're allowed to do technically, but I'm doing it because LeBron and Doncic are the same bloody player. Um, and then guards, I had Curry and Lillard. Lillard had the slow start, but he's at now up to like 35 and six on like 62 percent true shooting or something ridiculous. So yeah, he's flying, um, especially while um, McCallum's been out. So I had to give it to Lillard there. Then my East starters were Curry and Brown in the back court, and then Durant, Giannis, and Embiid in the front. Um, wide Kyrie over Beal. I don't really know. Just that's just what I thought. Um, Kyrie's been on fire and can't really deny that. Um, the team's winning. I don't really buy into the. And we've spoken about this before. You know, you, if your team's not winning, you're no good. But for some reason, my my mind went to Kyrie, and that's probably because. I was like, who's going to be the all-star starter? And yeah. Kyrie's going to get in votes. So, um, Beal's been phenomenal this year. And it, it's great that he just beat Kyrie yesterday. <laughs> so, what a game. that helps. But, look, those two are pretty much interchangeable. And I think, yeah, our starters are pretty much the same for the, for the East. That's it. It was hard to, because I didn't cheat like you did. It was hard to put Curry over Lillard because Lillard has been fantastic in the backcourt. Um, and also probably Doncic, but um, I just feel like Curry and Doncic. It's also, yeah, it's also you're in that dilemma of you're also trying to choose who you think will be chosen, not Mm. just who you think deserves it. Kyrie might get over there over Beal, but surely Beal deserves it. What's the average now, 34, 35 a game? Yeah. Beal's been fantastic. I feel bad for him, but. Just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I think that wraps us up for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. If you are new here, don't forget to press subscribe or follow wherever you are, whichever podcast app you're using, or if you're on YouTube, press subscribe. Go check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating. And yeah, just keep up with the Bronx on the socials. We're always posting highlights and little graphics and stuff like that. It's always good. And it's good to have you on, JL. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Hopefully uh, next week we've got my microphone. Yeah, and I miss your your Celtics banner and your made bed in the background. <laughs> okay, thank That's you. That's the only time I actually make my bed, so. <laughs> thank you all for listening. <laughs>